Hey everybody, welcome back to the Community Christian Weekly Podcast. Hello. Hey everybody. Glad y'all are tuning in with us and uh, been hearing lots of people uh, give me feedback and saying, hey, we're listening to the podcast. And, uh, awesome. Thanks for doing that, letting us know that you're actually tuning in and uh, hopefully. Does your family listen? Uh, my brother does. Does he? Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I don't think. More brothers I than I got listening. I don't think anybody in my family. <laughs> <laughs> they get enough of us at all. <laughs> like, all right, I was just, I was hoping none of us had, well, good for you. Jason's loved by his family. I just thought <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, and even the fact that he's getting positive feedback. Most of my feedback usually involves like pitchforks and torches <laughs> and just leave. Good for Jason. You look like yeah, Shrek. You know. That's yeah. normally what they say. I don't even know if my parents know what a podcast is. Probably. So, you know, I wasn't going to ask if they, no, but I guarantee you if they didn't know, they'd don't listen. Don't be throwing oh, they, yeah, they, they, would, they would listen. They love me, but yeah. that's okay. They don't that's have right. to know. That's, so, exactly. that's right. But, uh, yeah, so if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do that. You subscribe, click that little bell on YouTube. Bam. And get the notifications. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast app, uh, we'll put a link into the uh, description to the YouTube page. And the reason I want to do that is because in case you hadn't heard, we are taking uh, clips from this podcast and posting them to YouTube for you to share with your friends. We're answering lots of your yep. questions these days, and uh, these, we're hopefully putting this into some bite-sized pieces so you can take them, uh, share them on your socials, and uh, share them with people that are having questions maybe. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do that again today, uh, but just remember that. Uh, so yeah, so even if you listen to another app, you need to subscribe to YouTube because yes. you can get that stuff because you right. won't get that in the other feed. <clears throat> See, you know, last week they would have gotten my top five, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Bands, so. Yeah, you missed yeah. out. It, mm. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it didn't think so. <laughs> it was fine. Not, not <laughs> it's all good. That's all right. That's why it's my I top also, five. I also That's don't right. like cups of tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next time I'll do my top five cups of tea. <laughs> I'm not a cup of tea. There all right. you go. So, all right, let's get into it, guys. Um, all right. We have questions once Woo. again. Thank you guys for sending in your questions, by the way. You can uh, submit questions each and every week. There's a, uh, a link inside the description where you can just fill out a form anonymously, send us a question. But we got two this Great. week. We got two questions. And, uh, we here's, appreciate you. We do. Whoever you were. Gives us yeah. something to talk about. Yeah, well, as if we don't have it. We, we would have talked. Yeah. We, we will talk. <laughs> so here's the first question. The question was this, why does God value free will so much when he knows that we're just going to mess it all up? Mm. So my mm. answer to that, whoever you are, if you're wondering this, is God values free will because he values human and uh, humans, humans, not humans. A human. <laughs> I just want. <laughs> it happens to be me, though. Apparently not my family does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, God values humans, and yeah. a part of being a human is free will. To take away free will is to take away whatever would make you human, is the way I understand it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just part of love. It's a, I mean, I would say it's the essential part of love is that I get to choose whether I want to love you or not. Like in, a, in mm -hmm. any relationship, if I am forced to love you, it's not really love. I might be forced into affection, or I might be forced into some kind of obedience to your instructions or something, but it's not really love. Love requires that this is something I, I, mm -hmm. I, I am consenting to, I'm, I'm wanting to be a part of. And so, mm -hmm. for like you said, God creates human beings with free will because he loves us, and he, and he wants us to love him, which also means, uh, you know, the part about messing it up, that I'm assuming what that means is we make bad choices, Oh yeah, right? That we make bad choices, which in and of itself isn't messing up free will, that's that's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say it's a feature, but it's kind of a part of free will. It's, what it's not a bug. It's, it's a not feature. a bug. It's yeah. a feature is that I can make the wrong choice. And, of course, real people get hurt, and there are real consequences that are involved in those things. But 
that's, that's a part of it. God says, I love you enough. I'm willing to take that side of, of what we would call the negative consequence of free will. But I think yeah. God understands that's a, that's, that's a part of it. I was having this conversation with somebody one time, and I don't know if this is getting way too philosophical. I hope I'll... Please. I hope, I hope I don't get too philosophical here. Both right. of us are very Ooh, interested. I shall get my monocle. So, but my thought was, okay, part of the whole free will thing is, because what usually we're asking when we're asking about, you know, why does God give us free wills? Why doesn't he take, why does he just make everything good? You know, and, and so there's no evil in the world. And my response to them was, I said, you know, if... God did that, and there was no evil in the world, then you wouldn't even have the wherewithal to question what good is mm. because you wouldn't have anything to compare it to. Mm -hmm. If everything were predetermined, all good, nothing ever bad happened to you, then you wouldn't even know the difference. That's right. And part of what we need to understand the goodness and love of God is to see the antecedent of that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once we know what evil is, then I can truly know what good is, which means I can truly know God. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It does make sense, yeah, because yeah. that, that really is where this all gets, is that God ultimately wants us to choose relationship and love, not only with Him, with, but with other people. But to choose to love is to have the ability to not choose to love. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I must have the ability to choose something else. Love always requires risk. Yeah. Now, I've said that to friends, you know, yes. in order to love someone or to be loved, there has to be the risk that that won't happen or that, right. that rejection will happen, which is the part we don't like. But it is the part that makes love possible mm -hmm. and, and, and creates it. In, and so back to the whole point, if, if free will is so tied to love, we know that God uh, is, is love. love. His nature is love. He is love. That's what Scripture tells us. And so he must be tied to, free will must be a part of it, I should say, yeah. because if not, then love wouldn't be possible. Well, I think Which then goes to a whole other question <clears throat> that I'll ask that could lead some of you to another question. How, when he knows we're going to mess up, what if he doesn't know that all of mm -hmm. us are going to mess up until we mess up? That is but, wow. Right. You can send that question in next week. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a good, that's a good point. We get a whole different That's issue. just a whole other little thing out of there. Out Thanks, Ed. But I, think, I, do think, I do think, you know, on the other side of this, whoever asks this question, often these questions come about in the midst of someone who is either currently hurt by something yes. right. or they themselves maybe have done something that has hurt and they're regretting those things. And I think it's important to say in all that is that God doesn't want those things to happen. Like right. God, God, even though God knows that this is a part of free will and he loves that, God ultimately is a loving father, just like all of us are fathers. And we, I would always prefer that my <clears throat> children make the right choices every time and that they do everything the right time. But I know it's a part of my relationship with them that I don't get to control them. Mm -hmm. That I get to, that there are consequences that are set up for the bad behavior if it happens, but I'm never like standing there going, oh, I want this to happen and I want them to have this, but I just know that's a part of it. And so if you're, if you're in that situation where you're, you're really hurt and that's why you're, or just, you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of the consequences of that, know that, that it's, it's never God's intention that any of us be harmed or have that kind of suffering, but it is a part of the free will because ultimately he does love us. Yes. And he knows that free will is what's best for us. I often tell people that these answers are never emotionally satisfying. No. So if you're looking for an emotionally satisfying answer, you're probably not going to find it. You're not going to find it. I'll just say that. You're yeah. not going to find it because although these the things we're saying are, are true, they don't often 
fix the problem of the hurt that we go through. That's right. And that solution is, you know, found in the cross and, and ultimately yeah. the redemption that's coming. And so we lean into that. But this whole thing is not an emotionally satisfying no, discussion. No, it's not. It's so, not. So, all right. We good on that one? Got anything else to say on that? I, that's I, all I've got I to have, say. I don't know that we're good. I have more I could say, but not that it would do anything but diesel on. Yes. Yeah. It would just, it would just diesel on okay. to what we've already talked about. Right. Okay. Question number two. If there is no sadness in heaven, do you think that we won't recognize each other? Because hmm. if the people we were expecting to be there aren't there, we would then be very sad. Now, this is a question that I've actually answered before. It, as soon as I read it, I thought, oh, I've, I've talked about this before in a message, and I remembered. Okay. We did a series um, several years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was called So You're Dead. Mm-hmm. It was a series where we just talked about issues of life and death and heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I'm going to put a link to the message that where I answered that question into the description. So if you want to jump down there and listen to that message. There are lots of questions answered in that message, but um, <clears throat> I am gonna, we'll, we'll do our best to answer that one here. Uh, I just sort of took some of the notes from that uh, talk that I gave. So the um, heart <clears throat> of this question is, okay. will we recognize other people in heaven? Exactly. And I'll just say from my perspective, there is no direct quote from a scripture mm-hmm. that says, hey, this is the answer to that question. We will recognize or we won't. Um, but we get lots of clues um, from different examples throughout Scripture. Like, for instance, in Philippians 3 and in 1 John chapter 3, um, it talks about our resurrected bodies and what we will be like once the resurrection takes place. And it says very clearly we're going to be like Jesus was right. in his resurrected body. Um, and so I look at that and I say, okay, well, then let's, let's go look at what happened when Jesus was resurrected. And we know that in John chapter 20, Jesus appears to Mary, the disciples. Uh, in fact, other places it says he appeared to over 500 people at one time. They all recognized him. They knew who he was. It wasn't some disembodied spirit. Of course we know that. It was a bodily resurrection. So if Jesus was recognized by his friends after his resurrection, then it tells me that we're probably going to be the same. There's uh, <coughs> excuse me, another example of this in uh, Matthew chapter 17 where the transfiguration happens. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, and that's the story where Jesus goes up to the mountain with the disciples and there they uh, appears Moses and Elijah Mm -hmm. and it says the disciples immediately recognized who they were. Mm -hmm. Now that's interesting because they'd never seen them before. Yeah, it's not like they had a picture of them that they were looking at. So that was interesting. And then there's, of course, there's another passage where King David has lost his son. Which might mean in heaven we have our names tattooed on our forehead. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) I don't think that's happening. I don't know. I'm just trying to get How did they know? They just know. Like placing tattoos for everybody. Anyway. But anyway, and as I was saying, there's a passage in 2 Samuel where King David has lost his son. And he certainly believes that he's going to be reunited with his son. He says, I'm going to go and see him one day. Mm -hmm. And so he has this expectation. So lots of people in the scriptures believe that in the, in the next life, they're going to know and experience uh, time with their loved ones. I'm certainly looking forward to that. So, um, whereas I, I would say there's not a cut and dried answer to that. I think there are clues that tell us that, yes, we'll we will recognize, recognize one yeah. another. And, where, and then back to the original, I think what, what this question came from was, okay, if that's true, then won't heaven be such a, a kind of bad place? Because if there are people there that I'm looking for mm-hmm. that don't wind up there... And um, for me, I, the best way that I can describe that, and I don't, 
have a clear answer for that, but the best way I can talk about that is once you're with God, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are things that are just, it's just going to be different. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when you experience the presence of God, you see things from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know that that, that experience is going to be one of complete joy and mm-hmm. not, you know, not tainted by sin or anything else like that. So I can't, just, I can't, I can't explain, honestly, mm-hmm. how that's going to work. I just know that it's pretty clear from Scripture that when we're there with him, then pretty much all of those yeah. sorrows and thoughts, I mean, it says every tear is going to be wiped from our eyes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe that that's included even maybe the sadness that we might feel of somebody not making it. But then the other issue, and we've talked about this before, I want you to jump in on this, is when it comes to people who don't wind up in God's presence for eternity, it's not that, it's not that they wanted it and just didn't get it. It's, it was they chose that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, sitting here thinking. It goes is back that, to free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes back it to does. the first question. I think we will understand at that point that the why the person chose what they chose and what God did to try to get them to choose differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll just understand. We will understand. We will be in a different place. And there are people certainly right now that I can't imagine not having with me for mm-hmm. eternity because they, they're just so vitally important. But I think that time comes, I'll, I, won't, <coughs> I won't be who I am. No. And I'll understand things that I don't currently understand. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's another part of it, too, which is that, you know, like you said, there's no sorrow in heaven. But, like, we know certainly from the scriptures that, that God experiences moments of sadness, that there are moments where sure. he, he, he feels things. But that that, it, I think it's such a, um, maybe, maybe it's modern, maybe it's just a human idea that joy and sadness can't coexist. Right, that's yeah. right. And that what we know is that there's ability that certainly God wants everyone to be with him. But like we just said in free will, he gives us the choice. And I don't think... I don't. I think that there's. A, we know there's sadness. Jesus felt sadness. Jesus felt these kind of emotions. That doesn't mean necessarily, like you said, like sorrow is a more kind of lasting thing. That's more of a an overwhelming thing. But it may be true that I recognize and I realize and I feel this mm-hmm. this moment of sadness. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't also have the joy of God. Because, like you said, I have a different perspective now. Yeah. I have a different perspective, and it's hard for us because we still live in this this world where I I really would. Uh, appreciate it if I lived a life without any sadness, that everything was comfortable. But I know that that's, that doesn't mean I can't have joy. Even yeah. in moments of deep grief, mm-hmm. I can still have joy. You know, I have this thought about heaven and that I'll, I don't know how long it'll take in eternity because, you know, I haven't known tons. I've known a lot of people in my life now of the moments of incredible surprise, one, <laughs> of uh, I think there are going to be people that knew me in my former life that have had no contact with me since, and they're going to see me, and they're going to go, oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. There will be great rejoicing about the amazing grace of God. How did that happen? Yes. And then I think there are going to be people that I was just completely convinced I would see Mm. that uh, we we like to think we know what goes on between people and God, and uh, we don't. Yeah. We just don't. And, you know, some of that then I'll understand. Uh, particularly, there are people that have had huge parts in my life uh, that I don't, I'm thinking of a particular person right now. I know I would not be a follower of Jesus without this particular person. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a key role. And then the majority of the rest of their adult life, they lived without God. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, and I haven't had much encounter with them <coughs> since because they just wouldn't have it. There's no mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I don't know how that's all going to yeah. weigh out. Well, I think but I know for sure that person changed me. Yeah. They, right. uh, yeah. they yeah. led me to Jesus in the middle of that. I, I don't know how God weighs that out. And I'd love to be able to figure it out. It ain't my job. To figure. Yeah. That's where I've come down to it. I can't figure it out. I think to your point of being overwhelmed and amazed at the, the, the amount of grace that God has given to the people who all wind up, I think it's going to be a, a pretty well across the board. It's, it's going to amaze us for eternity, the amount of love and grace that God poured into each and every person mm -hmm. that wound up there. I mean, you're right. There, there's some people you think, wow, you know, but I, we're all in the same boat. Yes, Yo, absolutely. Right. The, absolutely. The, the grace and, and love of God that redeems humanity is going to be something that just blows us over for eternity. What? And I've come to, and this is not on this question at all anymore, but it's about heaven. I've come to believe that a part of that whole thing where we're going to, our whole life is going to be seen and Jesus says it'll all be shouted from, I think that's going to be where we're all going to see it. You're going to know my whole life. I know mm -hmm. that scares some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I, uh -huh. but I don't think it's going to be a shaming kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be that kind of thing where everybody is going to see how much God was involved in each yeah. of our lives, how much yeah. he's the one. And I really think that there's that picture, and I know it's a picture, where the saints of God take their crowns that he, God said, oh, you did so much good, here's the crown. And they go, no, 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 this crown belongs to you. Mm -hmm. right. I think once everybody sees the totality of everybody's life, everybody will go, hey, there ain't nobody here that deserves no. any praise. Absolutely. From Billy Graham down to the least person, everybody's going to be going, there is only one person to praise. Exactly. And so we're, it's going to be the great leveling. The thing that we yeah. say around Community Christian, that everybody's welcome because nobody's perfect. We say that and believe it, but then there is a thing within most of us that go, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect, but More I'm More perfecter closer, than you. I'm yeah. closer <laughs> than yeah, yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. That won't, there will be none, none of that. Of that. Well, there will be, and we'll know God did right by every person, yes. including the ones that we don't see. Mm -hmm. We will know he did exactly right. Yes. Well, and I think this goes to the point that you made, and this maybe covers uh, the whole thing we've just been kind of teasing out, which is once you're with Jesus, you, you get his perspective and you get God's perspective on everything, which is, and we talked about this multiple times, but like our view of what love is or even what joy is or what any of these things are, it's just a dim view of it. You know, Paul says that at one point when he's talking about love and then he gets to the end of the kind of great 1 Corinthians 13 love thing. He gets to the end of that and he goes, you know, we're kind of just seeing through a glass. Darkly. Yeah, it's just, it's just a dim yeah. view of what it is and we're getting this glimpse of what love is and, the, and this is maybe the part goes to what you were talking about as humans, then we kind of go, well, I get the whole thing. Yeah. I know what love is and everything, everything God does and everything other people do should be based on my definition of what love is or what my definition of what joy is. And so we kind of imagine, well, how could I recognize someone and never feel sadness? Or how could I recognize this? Or how could I even maybe feel a little sadness but still feel joy? None of that makes sense to me. How could that be an experience I'd want? But it's just because we're, we're seeing from our limited perspective of what this is. And even to the point of what you said with grace is, the reason it's easy for me to compare is because I have a tendency to, to rationalize and pull my sinful behavior down and go, that's oh, really yeah. not that big of a deal. Oh, but yeah. once I see it in God's perspective, I see those little moments that I say are little moments that I don't even know how much that damaged another person and how those words did. I just go, well, 
they should get over that. That's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. <laughs> but that may have shaped their entire world. Yep. It may have shaped the whole entire way. And so I think in those moments, once we're there, like you said, we'll see God yeah. and we'll see the whole point of everything, including heaven, mm -hmm. is about God. Yes. Well, you know, the thing on that I just realized is we made Joel's job really hard because that was going to be a really concise little answer. It wasn't that, concise. That he was going to be able to clip. So, Joel, clip back a ways and clip all, right, all the rest of so, yeah, it. We apologize. We just, like, just take what Jason said. The whole thing. Right. It doesn't matter. If you want to do that with the whole podcast, just anything Jason said, it's just harsh cuts between <laughs> the right. rest of us. No. So whatever Jason said. All right. So on to Sunday. Last Sunday, we continued in our series, Jesus is Greater, and uh, Ed taught us uh, basically through the entire, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, which is really the core of Jesus' teaching. Mm -hmm. What we believe, he just pretty much went around teaching everywhere he went, mm -hmm. and uh, it had a lot of contrasting the old covenant or the old law that the Jewish nation was living under at the time versus this new law or new covenant that Jesus was coming to bring, and so you um, set up a really good um, comparison there, which I think, I think this is an issue that a lot of people get really confused about, mm -hmm. get off track about. It's this whole thing of, well, are we Old Testament or are we New Testament? And if we're both, then how do we blend the two? And Are we people of the Bible? <coughs> That's right. right. And <laughs> the truth is, and what we've been saying in this, in this series is, well, Jesus didn't come to tack on something to something old. He came mm -hmm. to start something brand new. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about how Jesus changed our relationship from the old law to the new covenant. So I, what I was hoping to be able to say, whether it got yeah. accomplished or not, was Jesus totally, as Paul said, was born in the law, under the law, a person of the law, and he came to totally fulfill the law. So it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the law wasn't God's plan. It was a part of God's mm -hmm. plan, and it all was a part of God's plan. But because of that, we have often taken, okay, this is this, and then Jesus is this, and they both have to get together. Mm -hmm. they, well, Jesus, Jesus came and, and just fulfilled that, mm -hmm. and that was, that was done. Mm -hmm. And when that's done, it's just done. And as I said Sunday, it, it's not really, shouldn't be that surprising that we have a hard time doing that because the first followers of Jesus, they, they had, had a hard time, time breaking with it. Yes. I mean, we see all those discussions in the book of Acts where they have to decide, do you still have to fulfill the, 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 the sign of the covenant, which was circumcision? That was the sign you're going to live under the covenant before you can become a Christian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't get that at times, but that's what they were saying is oh, yeah. you have to become a Jew before you can become a Christian, mm -hmm. and you got to do the sign of the covenant. And they had a hard time getting that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even then later, after that's decided, Paul confronts Peter, <clears throat> another of the guys. He says, I confronted him to his face yeah. mm -hmm. about the way he's siding with the Jews over it. It's just a hard thing. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Jesus came to end it. That was, that's what, that was clear. And eventually they did make the break. Sure. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and I think it's important to remember that the Bible itself is fulfilling a, a narrative about about life that it ultimately is there are different things that happen so there's the old old testament old covenant as you would say and then there's what what jesus comes in he fulfills it he's he's bringing in into this and he's bringing something new and so sometimes we look at things in the old testament and we just say well i don't understand god says this here and then it says he says this thing here and we go well that's jesus and they go well, that doesn't make sense but if you think of it in terms of this is God interacting with human beings across history and so things change. Like 
I might tell my daughter right now who's seven, you don't ever touch the car keys. You don't ever get in that car. That is a rule for you. You don't ever get yeah. in the car. It's because she's seven. Mm -hmm. But when she's 16, I may tell her, all right, when you go driving, this is what you do. And then for her to look at me and say, well, you told me when I was seven, I can't ever touch the car keys. I'd go, right. well, okay, maybe you're not mature enough to drive because <laughs> you don't seem well, let's to Let's go back to that long. Yeah, yeah. let's go back to <laughs> the difference between a 16-year-old and a seven. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. So, that, yeah. And so Jesus goes, I'm entering into a story. And I think one of the difficulties for us is it's easier to just look at the, at the Bible as a collection of rules or commands or even just kind of like, oh, these are good moral things because there are certain even stories in the Bible that, and you talked about this a little last week with the parables of Jesus, there are even just stories in the Bible that the person in the story most of the time is, oh, that's a hero of God, but then they do something mm -hmm. and God is not saying, now go do that. In mm -hmm. fact, the reason the story's in there is he's going, hey, this person messed it up or whatever, because it's a narrative about God interacting all the way through to Revelation, which is us getting to the end of what God's yeah. interaction you know, is going to be. So I just think that's an important part of viewing the difference between how Jesus changed it. Jesus yeah. made it clear, this is a narrative, and I am, I am, this is God entering into the story and, 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 and changing it. So now, if we're back, and I don't want to cut you off. No, go for it. What's, what's our relationship? I think the Old Testament, as uh, Paul says, is a uh, schoolmaster. It, it's a help in that there's certainly a tie to everything that comes out of Jesus. And there are concepts that I can learn, but I'm not tied to anything in the Old Covenant. Yeah. Right. I'm, not, I'm not tied to any, anything out of that. There aren't festivals I should observe. Right. There aren't there aren't things that, there's nothing in that that is for me, except historically I can learn about some things mm -hmm. from, from there, but it, it's not for me. Uh, Jesus set that aside, and even to the point of saying, "You got to follow me. You just mm -hmm. follow me, not not Moses, not the law, not the temple, not the way you've always done it. You you follow me." Mm -hmm. And here's the this thing I think is so important that. It's just a, a, a focal point that I'm trying to get better on in my view of Scripture and the whole thing is Jesus is the exact representation of who God is yes. and what he wants from me. Yes. <laughs> and everything that falls outside of that, I need, to, I need to look at it in light of, okay, filter that through Jesus because Jesus is the focal point of it all. Yeah, I was telling you some time back about a guy that I'm in relationship with now that we're reading the scripture together, my discipleship group, and he's not been around church a lot in his life, but he's been reading the scripture, and he comes to a part of the scripture, we're reading one of the epistle Paul's, that has called us a lot of people. There's just a lot of people that read what he read, and, and, and they just want to go, well, Paul says this, but it, it, and it means this thing, and it's really hard line, and Paul's against women, and Paul's against this. Mm -hmm. And what he said when he read it was, that doesn't sound like Jesus, so it must mean something I don't understand. Yeah. That, that is the right way the to right read way to that. It. Mm -hmm. you, when you said Jesus is the exact, and I don't know why it took me so long to get this me either, too. because the book of Hebrews is pretty clear. Yes. Yes. That's what the book of Hebrews is saying, is saying again to these, and that's probably, we don't know who wrote that, but they're getting at this problem of people that are having a hard time leaving the old covenant behind. They're tempted to go back to it, and they're just going, man, 
You used to get it through law, and you used to get it through prophets, and you used to get it through angels, and then God himself came. Yes. yes. And he's the exact representation. Everything you want to know about God, Jesus showed you everything you need to know. So you've got to view everything else through that. And I love when Jesus says to the Pharisees, he says, you guys are searching the scriptures. You're working so hard to find God and you're missing him because it's me. It's me. Mm -hmm. And he, he was so very clear. I'm trying to get you, and this is going to sound so offensive, I'm trying to get you out of the word or the Bible, the scripture, the text, and look at me. I'm in front of you, and I'm, and I'm telling you what God is like, and I'm showing you by the way I live and what I do, but you keep wanting to jump back into that, and you're missing me. Well, and it ends up being the difference between, you know, so John 1 in the, in the Gospels, the one of the biographies of Jesus at the very beginning, I mean, the very beginning of it, he says, Jesus is the word yeah. of God. And that you get to this ultimate point, which is, and, and many of us, when we hear word of God, our first thought is the Bible. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, but John says, no, Jesus is the word of God, that Jesus is how God is communicating himself to people. That if he's, <coughs> we, we use words, God goes, I'm gonna send a person. Because I think if I was, you know, if I was, if I knew for whatever reason that, I could not be physically with my children. I might write them letters to help them understand, but I would always know, man, if I was there physically with them, they'd have a different experience of me. They know me more fully. And I can write certain things in this to help them understand, but there's, there's a picture of me when they see how I interact with people, like we see in the Gospels of Jesus, which are in the Bible, so I get all that feels very, you know, but, but ultimately that I'm getting to, I'm seeing the picture of who Jesus is, which is, like you said, God is what Jesus is what God looks like, and he's always been what God looks like. There's never been a time where God did not look like Jesus. And so there are things that, like you had mentioned, that I occasionally read, like maybe in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, and I go, well, that, or maybe even in, in Paul, there's certain things, and I just go, I don't feel like Jesus. And my, my, my first thought should not be, at least as a follower of Jesus, my first thought should not be, well, then that means those are two different things, or that those are two different people. I just ultimately go, there must be something I don't understand because God has always looked like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that lead, I'm going to jump into it. There's a quote that I pulled from your message on Sunday that I just wrote it down. I was like, oh, I gotta, we got to talk about that because taken out of context, it sounds really, really bad. But here but, we're about to do it. We're going to jump into it. But put <laughs> no in context. context, in context, I think oh, okay, it makes a lot of sense. You said the Bible is not our guide for life. And I went, mm -hmm. wow, that's mm -hmm. something that you don't hear very often. Certainly from, not, not in a church. Not in yeah. a church. Yeah. Let's unflesh that, unflesh that out a little mm -hmm. bit. Unpack that just a little. What, what do we mean when we say well, what that? I generally mean, what I was meaning by it is when people t say that is they mean, I should take, if there's a principle in the Bible, that principle is for me. And as we've said a number of times here, there are things in the Bible that were, that the Bible is for me but not written to me. Yes. And there may be principles in there that are not necessarily for me and where I am in my life, uh, Jesus is my ultimate God. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. And what we know is the movement that launched Christianity, I mean, that changed the world, Christianity, that we call Christianity, they didn't have a book. That's right. They had the Old Testament scripture, but it is not, it's pretty clear that Paul doesn't go to the Gentiles. When you see Paul mm -hmm. talking to Gentiles, he doesn't start with, now let me get you to read this little Jewish subculture literature about right, their God. He right. doesn't start with them and quote to them that. So he gets them to Jesus, 
And then he introduces them mm -hmm. to this over here because this is the interpretation of yes. this. Mm -hmm. And even, if you remember, even uh, we're still dealing with people who want to be Jews. In the book of Acts, there's the guy in the chariot who's going along, and he can't understand the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And it says he started at that place and taught him about Jesus. Jesus. Yes. That was about Jesus. Yeah. They, they want to get them to Jesus so that the rest of everything else in life begins to make sense. Mm -hmm. I think we have spent a lot of time going at it backwards. Mm -hmm. we, we, not, and I'm not, I mean, I make my living teaching the Bible. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say, I'm just saying we have overemphasized the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm. No, I think that's true. To, to the wrong degree, and we have people running around with small little doctrines that they've made out, out of things that take away from what clearly Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, I think for many of us, and I think followers of Jesus are this, or if you're, if you're here and you're kind of investigating faith and you get this, we often start with, and I almost think it's kind of like this rationalistic mindset that we just, we start with presuppositions about if there's a God, this God would look like this and yeah. would do this. And so then we start going into the Bible and going, based on that, that my whatever. My presupposition. Yeah, my presupposition I've <clears throat> made up, here's a verse that fits that, so that must be what it is. And often when you, when you hear someone defending whatever it is, they're rarely pulling something directly from the life of Jesus or that is consistent with the entire life of That's Jesus. Right. And or it's uncanny how they can... how. Two people can do it in completely opposite ways, right? You know, and, that, and that's the problem I think. With back to what you were saying, Ed, was you know when we approach Scripture first as the thing, the guide, then we often wind up in in trouble because we 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 can we can make Scripture say yes. what we want it to say, and if you got to approach it from the different. Does that make sense? Oh you know, yeah, completely. Yes. I, I get completely where you're going, and it is really important to say that you view Jesus as a whole, because I can think of people I know. It's interesting. If you're a person who you've been pretty good your whole life and you think our country has gotten really soft on sin, mm -hmm. then you want to talk about how Jesus nailed the tax collector and he, did, you know, he was yelling at these people and that, mm -hmm. and Jesus stood up and those are the, you know, I've talked to some guys with bullhorns, you know, and, and that's the side they want to emphasize. Yes. And then I talk to other people on the other side that all they've seen is Jesus, how Jesus loved people, mm -hmm. and Jesus just had everybody around them, and Jesus would never say these people were wrong. And you ignore all the fact that Jesus clearly was, Jesus did not get killed because he told everybody, yeah, do whatever you want to. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Everybody, mm -hmm. he did not get killed because of that. <laughs> There were people that were in power that he was clearly saying, no, you're wrong, and you're wrong, and you're wrong. And, and he, he was both of those things. Yes. yes. And God is both of those things. We just have to view it as a totality. And this may be, this may be another thing that's, that's going too deep on this, but I think it's part of our, our mindset, especially like in Western world, Americans, that kind of thing. We really want everything in the Bible to be we've talked about this before, almost like devotionalized, where I can pull out this one thing, and here's a principle that I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on this, and this is going to be my way. We want everything to be kind of direct commands, but there's so much of Jesus' life that are these stories just about him. And then someone comes to you and goes, what's that story about? And you can probably pull something out, but sometimes you just look at the story and you go, that just happened. They wrote it down because it happened. And, and because 
Jesus is God. And by God's word, he's saying, I want to give you a full picture of who I am. And so there are stories, there are things I'm going to tell about you once you're gone that don't... Boy, ain't that the truth. <laughs> and my kids are going to tell Somebody about Somebody who's alive, defend me. Yeah. Yes. And your, and your kids are going to tell about you, and someone one day is going to say, why do you remember that story? Just, yeah, happened. It just happened. It's not because that encapsulates everything about my father. It's because I have some memory attached. It's a funny story. It's an interesting. I'm, I have a full because I've I lived with you for 18 years. I have a full picture, or as much as I can, as much of a full picture I can of you because you're a person. And I think that's so much about taking Jesus as the Word of God. And you see, I'm just trying to follow Jesus. And there's so much that just comes from that. So, so that I'm not the only one that talks about that, what did you all think about that statement, the Bible is not our guide for life? Um, well, I mean, you knew what I was saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to the, what comes first. And, and, and this is something that took me a long time to get clear in my head is uh, the Bible didn't create Christianity. Mm. Right. The Bible didn't create uh, the, the fact of Jesus resurrecting from the dead. The Bible is the, the reporting of the eyewitness accounts of what actually happened in history. An event launched Christianity. That, that we follow Jesus because something happened in time, in history, and there's evidence to show us that it happened. And so because it happened, this movement started, and, and, and later on down the line, people said, we need to write all this stuff down mm -hmm. so we can preserve this for future generations. And so that's where the Bible came from. And so whenever I approach the Bible as of utmost uh, priority over the event of Jesus and his life and resurrection, I'm, I'm out of balance. Yeah, that's right. You know? <coughs> so that's what I see when I, I hear that. And, and that's why I think it's so important to, to get them in the correct order so that we don't mm -hmm. turn, and you were talking about this before we went on, on the air, um, you know, the Bible is a sign that points to Jesus, yeah. and if we stop at the sign and we don't go all the way to Jesus, we miss Yeah, I was point. telling them beforehand that I had, there was a guy, I don't, I guess, I, I'm sure he's probably dead now because he was old, it seemed to me like at the time, and he, I heard him speak when I was in my 20s, and he said, uh, you know, the Bible says it's a sign to point to Jesus, but a lot of Christians have turned the Bible into the deal. They think when they've understood the Bible, they have understood everything they need to know about God and about Jesus. And he said it'd be no different than you see in a sign for us out on I-85 that says, this way to Atlanta, and somebody stops at the sign and goes, well, we made it to Atlanta. Right. It's on the sign. Yeah. And then they turn around and go home. And they describe to somebody, well, it's a Atlanta's this big green sign. Right. It's got an arrow on it. It was, it, was, it was a really nice sign, but it's no different than the sign that says Noonan on it. It right. looks just like it. And you'd go, dude, you ain't been to Atlanta. You've been to a sign that that's said right. Atlanta. And that's what people have done with the Bible. They've stopped at that. It's pointing to Jesus, but Jesus is the deal. Yeah. He's the deal. Mm -hmm. And everything that you don't understand you have to interpret it through his lens. And there will be things you still just won't understand. Mm -hmm. That you just won't understand. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I was, I was uh, very blessed that, um, you know, I grew up in this church. And then um, when I was in uh, college, I went away to Carrollton. That's where I lived for, I uh, went to West Georgia. And um, I had a very 
tough time, probably my first two years in, in college, maybe not a full two years, but somewhere around that where I'd be in classes and someone would present something and then I would, because I just felt the need, I had to defend everything the Bible said from my point of view of an 18-year-old's point of view of what the Bible said about it. And I would try to defend it. And then this very educated you know, professor who had probably heard all the things I'd already brought, so he had a quick retort, would just break everything down that I had about whatever, science and evolution or about things like why do good things, because I was in a ton of philosophy classes because it was very interesting to me. Why do bad things happen to good people? And then I just had this answer that I spouted off, and he logically just broke down everything I said, and I was like, I don't know if I can believe this. And so I had to go through a whole thing to kind of, figuring out my own faith. But when I did, there was a group of preachers that I, I listened to that I had never heard of. You pointed me to some, and then there's a, a, just a whole bunch of others that were in this kind of movement, and they over and over again kept saying the thing we're talking about today where their kind of thing was they said, you know, we follow the Word of God, and His name is Jesus. And I thought that totally changed everything. I, I, I thought about everything is, you know, we often use... Uh, say, the way they would say it is we follow the infallible, inerrant word of God, and his name is Jesus. Right. That, that, that when you take all of those things and you want to apply them to the Bible, you, you ultimately now start getting in these weird kind of conversations that you don't have to be in. You don't have to get yourself into. It doesn't mean those things aren't still true about the Bible. It's just that's not, that's not everything. Like you said, Christianity was not, did not begin with the Bible. It began with Jesus. And so I was very blessed. So it didn't strike me as, as, as weird on, on Sunday because luckily for the last, I'd say probably 11, 12 years of my life, that really honestly kind of saved my faith and re, reinvigorated my faith that I didn't feel like, and I'm still this way. I lead, I lead youth, and that's a big part of what I do in youth ministry is trying to give them some answers that they can think of. But all the answers are, hey, if this doesn't take you away from Jesus, you don't need to make this a fighting point. I say to people all the time, if you leave Christianity over anything other than Jesus, you are leaving and don't have to. You do, right, not, exactly. you do not have to leave Christianity over anything but Jesus. If Jesus is an offense to you and you can't get it, I, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But if he is not, you don't need to leave. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's back up, and uh, I want to touch back on the, the message a little bit from Sunday. We talked about <clears throat> Jesus bringing the new covenant mm -hmm. and a new way of living. And he said, okay, you've had 613 commandments. Here's what I say. And, mm -hmm. then, and he brought this new way of, and, and I, he then went on to say, but my yoke, which was just an image that they used for my way of life or my teaching, Right. Uh, a way of doing life is easy and it's light. And he had, he had gone from something that obviously was heavy on people to something that's light. Let's talk a little bit about how that works and why that is. Although, either, even though Jesus' yoke may be easier and lighter, we've often said around here, it's easy, but it's not, it's, 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 it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it's simple to understand, but it does complicate yes. things because rules are easy yes yeah. rules, rules are easy to understand rules, and, and to know whether to know you did them or not yeah. i know there's an in and out on them yeah but when it comes down to am i loving someone well you might think well if i do everything they want me to do that's loving but okay that's a boundary offense at some yeah. point because then i'm just providing heroin to the heroin addict <laughs> yes you know because yeah. that's certainly what they want that's not loving yeah so Rules are really clean, and uh, they're not complicated. They're just not complicated. Mm -hmm. but, uh, Which is why I think a lot of people lean in, into them a lot of times, because it, it makes, it makes yeah. things simpler in the way that 
okay, I know if I'm right or wrong. That's right. If I can follow a rule. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and it, it's interesting, that statement that I use, and I didn't have time to teach all of this, and that statement is one of those almost devotional statements of come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. The preceding verses to that is Jesus saying directly to the religious leaders, you tie burdens on people mm -hmm. that are too heavy for them. Yep. You keep putting things on people that is too much for them. And all they put on people was these rules. The law. I mean, it's just clear. You're either doing them or you're not doing them. He just says you put stuff on people that's too much for them. So if you're tired of that, mm -hmm. come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what's interesting is through the years, the church goes back to, we inevitably goes back to rules. So mm -hmm. when I grew up, you couldn't listen to rock music. You couldn't yep. have long hair. You had to dress a certain way. You had to be quiet in the church. There were so many have-tos that when I got smart enough to actually, you know, on my own, and you can imagine my personality willing to argue with people, I'd go, that ain't in the Bible, and that ain't in the Bible, yeah. and that ain't in the Bible, and that ain't in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So I know more of the Bible than you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so then I just gave up on the whole thing because when you attach it to rules, it doesn't work. Yeah. But then when I began to understand it, Jesus' yoke, which is not heavy, it is complicated, so it's good that it's a yoke, so he's with me. He is walking with me. He does not leave me alone. We are in this together. The complication of it is, is I do always have to be checking, with his analogy, my lead ox. I have to always be going, is this the right way? Am I trying to pull against you? I don't yeah. want because I can make this hard on myself by pulling against you. Mm -hmm. If you want me to go straight and I want to go right, my life feels hard, but it ain't your fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, well, and I think that's the difference between rules and a relationship and the thing that you're talking about here is whenever there's a rule, because like you were talking about with like the long hair and all that kind of stuff, often these teachers of the law, they would have these traditions that weren't even necessarily in necessarily the rules God had given. They were trying to go, let's get as far, you know, away from this bad thing. So then, then they start condemning people for breaking these traditions that aren't even the rules, and it's these burdens they can't deal, and that's often what we do with a lot of different things. But I heard somebody once say um, that the difference between kind of the law and in that sense, and like grace is the difference between the speed limits in America and like the Autobahn. <laughs> and they were talking about that often what you, all of us do when I know there's a rule is I know I have to keep the rule and I have to do whatever I can, but what most of the time I'm trying to do is I'm focused on the rule, so I'm trying to get as close as I can to breaking that rule without breaking, without breaking it. it. Or how <laughs> can I go five miles over the speed limit and still be in the... And why did he stop me when there were people passing That's me? Right. Right. I don't even focus on the fact I clearly broke the rule. He could have stopped yeah. all of us, and right. he just decided to stop me. But when I'm on the Autobahn, this guy talked about it, he went over to, to Germany, and he's on the auto Autobahn, and there's no speed limit. He said the opposite is the case where I start going, all right, I can go as fast as I want, but what's actually safe for me? Mm -hmm. What's actually good for me? And the difference is, and I love this, is when I'm focused on the rule to try and get to Jesus, I'm looking at that rule, and I may stop at the rule and not what you said, but when I change and I look at Jesus, and I know that there's still rules and commands that are in there, but my focus is Jesus. Jesus is always going to get me to do the rule or the command or whatever the thing is. But as long as I'm focused on the rule, my thing is not how close can I get to Jesus. It's how close can I get to sin and not actually sin. Yeah, and it's, a, good, total, it's a, a totally different way of, and that is easier in the end. That's that, why when I, was, when I used to do youth ministry, mm -hmm. back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> um, it used to frustrate me all the time when students would come up to me and say, when it comes to sex, oh, yes, thank you. how far is too far? Where do we draw the line? Give me the line. And, and I knew every time... You, 
okay, if I draw the line, you're going to just tiptoe. That's, yeah. that's what you're wanting to do. Most of the time, it's you've already crossed whatever line yeah. I've said, and you've yeah. gone, well. All the reason you're asking questions is I went over a line. That's right. I feel really Honey, bad. I went over a line. We've already broken that line. Let's yes. just keep going. Yes. Might as well. Yes. No, I think that's 100% true. So, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Any other things from Sunday you didn't get to, want to talk about? No, not, nothing in particular. You know, I... It was such a, uh, well, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It was a, <laughs> I have been trying to be more intentional in uh, my speaking of, of this whole thing, of even doing it with Jesus, which I've always done. I know all of us do that, but I don't know. It, it was a, an interesting experience in trying to describe to people where my current, that point at the end where I'm, I'm just saying, you know, this is where I currently am. The yoke with Jesus is just grace. It's just grace. He gives me the power to do it. But, and all he really needs from me is just for me to pay attention. Yes. Just pay attention where he's going and be willing to walk where he, and to stop talking about, I don't think I can take that step. He wouldn't have asked me to take it if I couldn't take it. Yep. That's where I'm finally at. I wish I had learned that at 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. <laughs> you I know, think that is I didn't. so huge. It's just, there, there is no step Jesus wants me to take. Somebody else may be taking a step that I'm not ready for. Mm -hmm. But if I really sense God wants me to take a step, I'm perfectly capable of that. Yes. And he doesn't need my opinion of why I can't. He's willing to listen to it. He's willing to sit there because of my free will and let me not take it. Yes. Yep. But eventually it's going to come back to that is the step. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to the same step, and that's where... I'm really at in my personal, and that, that's all I was trying to describe what? is, yeah. anyway. I feel like that has been the biggest change. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think that's been the biggest change in the last four or five years of my relationship with God is understanding he's not trying to make things harder. I always assumed in my life that God was just trying to make things more difficult than they had to be to me. To me, and that's why I was always so difficult when I saw. And and I think for many of us and many people, they look at well, Christianity. I'm just gonna feel guilty all the time. I'm I'm gonna feel all these rules. But God's not trying to make things more difficult because, you know, we often get in this thing of, well, I don't really have to be perfect. And then, you know, Jesus in the Sermon, in the sermon on the Mount he says, says be, perfect. be perfect just as I am perfect. And so we look at that thing. And what I think of is when Jesus makes these commands, I often really thought of it as like, I often go, you know, racing with one of my daughters really likes to run. So we do a lot of foot races. But I'm often slowing myself down well, so that she can yeah, keep, keep up with me. And it would, be, it would be wrong for me to go, here, I'm going to run as fast as I can. You have to run as fast as I can. And then when she, and then when she can't, I go, ha ha, idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't do this. But that's honestly how I felt about God most times. He gave me these things. He knew I couldn't do it. And then I, that's why I needed grace. But often God's going, no, if you will run with me, because it's like this thing we talked about in a, in a meeting where, our brains want to stop us at 40% of what we mm. can actually do. That there's, there's, my brain goes, that's about 40% of the weight I could actually lift. My brain starts going, nope, that's it. That's as many reps as you can do or whatever. And we have to push past that. Well, that's often what God's doing is I go, no, God, that's all I can do. I can't handle that temptation. I can't go talk to this person like you've asked me to. And God the whole time is going, you know, if you trust me mm -hmm. and you'd walk with me, you'd do things that seemed impossible to you. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's, oh, I, yeah, think, I think that's the big completely. thing that's been in. So yep. that's the part I love when you said it's easy. We mm. often think of it as this is hard, it's impossible. But yep. God says no. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, this Sunday we're going to take another step forward in the series, and I'm excited. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones coming up this Sunday that I, that I actually wrote. and Because uh, I'm going to take something that you said on Sunday about 
when Jesus said, I, I'm greater than the temple. Mm. And we're going to take that statement and mm. we're going to go even further with that. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how Jesus truly did break away from the old way of cool. doing doing uh, the old system of Judaism and the temple mm. structure and the sacrificial system and how Jesus moves us on. And it's, it's one of my favorite messages in the series. So I'll just go ahead and admit it. I can't wait to preach it. So All right. Y'all come. Hope it's good. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now we're on to the top five, and it is top Nathan's five. turn to yes. bring us his top five, whatever he's about, got. I'm excited about it. You're excited about this one, huh? Yeah, I'm excited right. about this. We're so, excited for you. Well, I think you guys will be excited once the results of all this come out and you'll understand. But you guys listen to a lot of podcasts, right? We I mean, do. We do we're listen to podcasts. We're big podcast people. We you are. Know, I'm thinking, you know, we're not, we're not a podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on. Were you, are you going to do top five podcasts? No, 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 hold on. I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not doing don't blow that. it. Right. That, that's what I was going to do. I know. That, that's where I, I was going. Were, I figured I was going to go with this. Um, so, to, so we're on Spotify now. We're a full thing. Maybe we'll get on Stitcher Premium, whatever that is. We'll get there one day. <laughs> no. And we'll have that whole thing. You can no. like our Patreon page. Patreon. Uh, <laughs> no. But, so here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You know, one thing we're really missing here, and I just think, I think, the marketing world hasn't seen the beauty of what we got. We need some sponsorships. Someone oh. needs to sponsor our podcast. And so here's, I'm all about that. So wow. here's, here's what I'm saying. This is, but I thought, you know, a lot of podcasts. I'm just going to call somebody out here right no, here now. No, no, no. Okay. okay. Yeah, I know we have a listener who's a really good chef. Okay. No. His name is Michael. Okay. Michael, you know who I'm talking about. You should sponsor us with food. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But, you know, a lot of podcasts, they have great sponsorships. I don't think we're quite in the league yet for, like, an Audible. Audible's a great one. Squarespace is a big one. They must have lots of money for that kind of I don't think we're on that thing. But I did think of what are the top five possible subscription services that might sponsor our podcast. And wow. maybe oh, we'll good. get them. So here we go. I am excited about this. Top five subscription services that should sponsor should. the Community <laughs> Christian Thing. All right, here we go. So number five is, uh, this is from a website, and you might have actually heard of this. They're, they, they're like a snack website. They're called mouth.com. You guys heard of mouth.com? No. But they're like a snack subscription service. You know, have you heard of other snack things? It's not like yeah. a full meal, but they just send you like goodies no. and snacks. on the, okay. I've heard of this. But you can get this kind of thing. So here's... No uh, one sent me a snack since my mom died. Okay, well, <laughs> see, now you could pay for one. Yeah. So <laughs> mouth.com has a subscription box called Pickles Every Month. And that is, <laughs> you pay, hang on, this is the best part, you pay $60 a month. For pickles? For pickles. Now, I don't know how many pickles you get. There's some good and, pickles, man. And is it's it a variety? Do it's I a get, variety of pickles. Do I get bread and butter? Do yep. I get and all yep. Once again, I don't variety. know. Many, there were some habanero ones I saw uh, okay. in there. That sounds pretty good. They had okay. some pickled tomatoes, which I've never had a pickled tomato, but like a little cherry tomatoes. I have not had a pickled But I'm just saying, it, I, it sounds like it'd be in. I like things that are pickled. Pickled eggs I like. Yeah. But then there's also, and this also goes on my number five. This goes in the same thing. If the $60 a month is too much, there is avocado monthly, which is you get six avocados a month for $29.50. Now, I don't know. I don't buy I'm many avocados, buying, but the, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm the only avocado eater at my house, so yeah. that'd be five and a half. Too many for me. Well, my wife and I, may, we may buy one avocado every couple months, like if we're making something that has avocado, but I'm thinking, one, either six avocados is way too much for a month, or it's not enough. If you're the kind of person who's yeah. eating lots of avocados, that's not enough avocados. I just, I just, I am correcting myself. I just realized if we want to be these people to sponsor, I need to stop saying how stupid it is. That's a great idea. Then that's going that, to, that's going to be. I, no one loves avocado a month like I do. Yeah, that's going to be a problem because I think we're going to be saying that about a lot of these. 
So, okay, so Pickles Every Month Club, you could check them out and get They're a pickle awesome. every month. I want pickles a month. Sponsor us. Mm. All right, this one feels a little bit more uh, up our alley. I don't know why. All right, but this is it. Number four is uh, Skulls Unlimited Bone Box. Uh, it's $24.99 a month. This, what? Well, here you're about to find out. I'm going to read their description. Skulls Unlimited International. I don't know why that's funny to me, but We're this is an international. Skulls Unlimited International Incorporated is the world's leading supplier of osteological specimens. That's bones. Oh, this is creepy. And the mastermind of the Bone Collector's Dream subscription, what? hashtag Bone Box. Hang on. Each bone box you receive may include a mystery skull, a collectible what? animal trading card. Yeah. <laughs> you mean there's some skulls that are not mysteries? Like it's Herman's skull. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Clearly. So I should say Clearly, this. Clearly, this is not a mystery. Wow. These are for these are real. This is Ophelia. This <laughs> this whether it makes it better or not. These are animal skulls. They are all real animals, so they're apparently animal bone collectors out there, like wow. the Denzel Washington movie, The Bone Collector, yeah. uh, out there mm. collecting these bones. And you can get a different animal's bone every month in the mail for $24.99 a month. So Cheaper than the pickle. It seems reasonable. <laughs> I'm just saying. very reasonable. Who, who sounds more like bone collectors than the three of us? So if you, I don't know. If you want to get that, if you are a bone collector, you want please turn, don't tell us. If you want to turn our podcast into several hours, send us some bones. We'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is this? What? Don't send us bones. No. Please don't do send, us send us bones. If, if you do, we will have to contact the police. <laughs> All right. All right, so here's our third possible one is a cryptid crate. This is $40 a month. $40 a month. A I'm going to wait until I hear Cryptid more. Uh, crate is a cryptozoology and paranormal-themed box. Cryptozoology is the study of animals that may or may not exist. So like Sasquatches, <laughs> Yetis, oh Loch Ness Monster, I guess maybe even aliens and ghosts and stuff, paranormal thing, may, may not exist. Uh, you get artwork and memorabilia designed for people obsessed with these creatures. So you know I'm just this, thinking. You know is this, this number two? This is three. Oh. Well, we still got a ways to go. You know what this has just proved to me is we could start a subscription box service. Yes, we could. make us kill Yes. If you want our subscription box service, send us five dollars. There you go. That works. <laughs> we'll just saying. You know, we'll send you a box of whatever. Some stuff. All right. Here's, At least once. <laughs> here's my number two. So we're we're getting down. This is Rat Pack, all one word. R A T P A K. Uh, it's twenty six dollars. You get Sammy Davis Jr. in a box. Yeah. <laughs> You get the bones of the Rat Pack once a month. No, this is for people who, uh, I'll just tell you. So it goes, monthly packs of treats, toys, chews, and other surprise goodies like cozy fleece pouches and hammocks for your pet rats. So all of you pet rat owners, I will tell you this. I uh, worked with a girl uh, years ago who, who had a pet. sensitive about their animals. Yeah. Don't make fun of that. Well, I'm just going to say this. So I know you can get rats at, like, at pet like PetSmart, place like this. I knew a girl uh, in high school I used to work with. She just, they had a rat in their house. She adopted the whatever. I got the one from in the house? From in the house as her pet. The, it, was, it was a whole whole mm. issue. So anyway. She but, got it backwards. She, she didn't adopt the rat. The rat adopted her. Yes. Rat. Well, she started like, feeding the rat. Oh, look, hey, somebody feed me. <laughs> so, here we go. That's my girl. So if you want a cozy fleece pouch for your pet rat, it says also guinea pigs, but come on. Rats yeah, is a better rat. deal. All right, I, quickly, just before we get there, I wanted to throw out a couple that I just found in my thing. One You've is, got more than five? Yeah, but I just wanted to get them out because a couple of these are good. I'm not going to talk long about it. One is doggy lawn. You can get their little pads that look like grass that 
damage you can do to teach your dog to go pee in the house on the doggy lawn. Like do its do its stuff on the. Okay. You get right. twenty six dollars. Cat lady box uh, for thirty five dollars. Now, but hold on. I thought it was what you're thinking. It's not. It's just for people who like cats. It's like jewelry with cats on it. That, I'm just cat lady say, box. Sydney, Sydney, order that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. And then I called you a cat lady. That's not. That's And then fan, fancy sprinkles, which is twenty one dollars a month. It's just different kinds of sprinkles. You get different sprinkles. Like but, on ice cream sprinkles. Yeah, or like cakes or whatever. Just different kinds of sprinkles that are fancy. But number one, this is this is this is right here for our audience. Mermaid full. It's twenty nine ninety seven per what? month. Mermaidful, all one word, like like beautiful. No, no, like beautiful, but like you're you're mermaidful. I'm gonna still think it's F O L. Well, you might after this. Here's their description of what the the box is. You can get the latest mermaid clothes, siren products, like you know, like in the Odyssey, the sirens. Yeah, and undersea accessories. The mermaid box contains four to nine mermaid themed pieces each month. Now, this is the important I'm part. I'm hoping the undersea accessory involves oxygen. <laughs> this is the important part. So don't miss this. The mermaid box is for adult mermaids, and nothing too little girly will be included. So for all you people out there just afraid that this is for little kids, it's not. It's for grown adult mermaids. Adult mermaids. Any of you grown adult mermaids, this is for you. So anyway, that's any of those can sponsor us. I'd like to say thank y'all for watching the podcast. This is the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need to go I'm just saying. Thanks there. for joining in with us on the final episode. Of, of that. <laughs> the final episode without being marketed. Because <laughs> well, they they're going to be calling us up. I'm just saying. Rat pack pickles every month. Give us a thing. If you would send us pickles every month, we'll eat the pickles. Uh, well, that's well, probably that is true. We'll send them. Any, I'm still anything. Michael. Food. Yeah. All right. All right, that's it. We are done. <laughs> Stick a fork in us. That's more we See are. ya. See ya. There we go.